0: Thanks for downloading and listening to a Quick Timeout podcast presented by Dr. Dish Basketball. If you're in the market for a shooting machine, look no further than Dr. Dish Basketball's incredible lineup of shooting machines. Their CT, All-Star Plus, and Rebel Plus models have been bought by thousands of programs around the world, while their home model is being used by players all over the country, right in their own backyards and driveways. New to the lineup this year is the Dr. Dish facility model for those with basketball training businesses. These machines are must-have for those looking to take their shooting to the next level. To find out more, visit drdishbasketball.com. Coach Bruce Hamburger, assistant coach for Columbia University, joins us today. Coach, thanks for jumping on the show.
1: No, my pleasure. Thank you for
0: having me. I got this question the other day, and I get it frequently, and high school coaches will ask me, and I think sometimes maybe it is coaches from smaller schools that haven't been through the process a lot, But even coaches that maybe have had one or two kids recruited, especially where you're at, very unique, you're recruiting a very particular kid. Before I have you answer that, just talk to me in general. The coach asked me, what do I need to do to prepare my kid to be able to be recruited at the college level?
1: Um, Yeah, it's it's funny you ask that because I literally, when I was recruiting over the weekend, uh, I was literally just walking through the facility. I think I'd gotten like a pretzel in a water and I'm walking back and some parent literally just, Hey coach, you got a minute. Can I ask you like my, my son's, I don't know, 14, pretty good player. Like, what does he need to do? To, I mean, literally what you just asked, like what does he need to do to have a college coach recognize him? And, 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 you know, and he said, yeah, he's obviously a pretty good player, but like, go a little deeper than that. So yeah, it's, it's, I literally just talked to the guy the other day about that. Um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, obviously where I'm at, it's, you know, there's a whole nother component with the academics needless to say, but yeah, I, I think, you know, you watch so many, as you well know, these AU tournaments and it's just, you know, like, I think playing hard has become a skill, you know, like there's so many of these kids that, and I don't get it where there's, 300 coaches watching the game and every kid sits there says they want a scholarship, but man, like you ain't playing, you're not playing hard. Like, I don't know, to me, that's an easy, you know, cross you off the list as opposed to put you on the list. So I, I think playing hard has become literally a skill. Cause I just don't know how many kids do it on a consistent basis that you need to be a good college player. Um, I think communicating, you know, just, within the concepts of your team, be it offense, be it defense, just being a good a good communicator. I mean, I know that's something, you know, at our level with our team that, you know, we felt was a weakness this year that we're constantly, constantly talking about getting them to talk. Um, Cause I, I think again, like, you know, not to sound like old, but I, I do think like this generation is so used to being nonverbal and texting, mm-hmm. and, you know, i've said that at times and i've said it sarcastically like like man you, you can't pull out your phone and tell a guy pick right pick left or yeah. head or drop or whatever the coverage is switch you know like you you have to communicate so i i think communication has become a skill um you know and and i think just a feel for the game and just the ability to you know all right i'm coming off of, you know again everyone's running pick and roll stuff even you know, semi unorganized AU teams are running pick and roll concepts of just reading the situation, reading the coverage, reading the, the, what what the defender on the, the, the picker is doing and, and who's tagging and where the tag's coming from and what's the appropriate pass. So I, I think those, you know, because again, I don't think it's that hard to walk in a gym and say, oh, that kid's a good shooter or that yeah. kid's athletic, you know, like that's that's not, the, I don't know. No, I don't think that's that difficult anymore, but I, I think the other components are really kind of separators for kids. You know, to me, I, I watch them differently. Like those are the guys I'm always, I don't know. I don't know about you. When, when I go out, of the career, I'm always looking for a guy. that just kind of like excites me. Like, man, I, I'd want to coach that kid. Um, yeah. I've that kid in my program. Like that's a guy I want to see again as opposed to just watching the same kids and the same, man. I kind of playing hard, and that you know, you you've seen that au team two times, and it's like nothing changes, um which helps us, I think, because it just makes that decision easy. Like, especially the kid, like eh, I want to watch him, but or I want to like him, but you know, those are the kids that you know end up getting you fired, they're not good enough, and they're not, and they're not going to change. And again, to me, I I always struggle with it. Like I said, you know, you're at an AU event where you know there's college coaches literally with a a scholarship in their hand, play hard now. Like what's going to, what's going to make you play hard, you know, in two years on a Tuesday in February when it's 30 degrees out, it's dark at four o'clock and we got practice. Uh, So I don't know. Hopefully that makes some sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, one more that kind of goes along with that. I say this and I would, I would love for a division one coach to back it up, but there is this from the player's perspective, they bring this idea of like what they can contribute to a college team. And on the flip side, I think for most, if not all of us, we're sitting there watching what can that kid do to complement what I already have or what I'm bringing in. And sometimes those two can be opposed. And I think that happened. That's where you get your butting of heads and then the blowing up of the transfer portal. And I don't know how easy it is. I think probably it requires us to have watched the kids multiple times. But being able to see, like, how how does he really how does he accept his role? Um, Yeah, no, that's a good point. You know what? And I'll say conversely, I, I
1: think part of it, too. I think the kids don't they don't see a college practice quite often. Maybe they come on their visit and that's the first practice they've seen, unless they're a really good player. And it depends on where you live. And Like in this area where I'm from, New York, New Jersey, there's a million colleges within, you know, 25 miles of each other. You can can really see a lot of schools at a lot of different levels. Um, And the good high school coaches in this area really take advantage of it. You know, where they're calling you in September and October, can I come over? And they bring their team. And, you know, I think they do it as much – for them to be able to say to the kids well see i'm not crazy we're they're doing the same things we're doing and he's getting on his guys the same thing reason i get on you guys which which always is funny because you could see i always you you notice the time in practice when they're doing that like he just the coach has that look on his face like see i'm not i'm not nuts like this is what needs to be done but i yeah I, i i think I think, you know, I think everyone has an unrealistic expectation of themselves. Um, And and part of it, you know, the recruiting process doesn't help that because we're, you know, we're all telling them they're going to change our program and they're going to, you know, they're going to come in and make us better. And, you know, it's it's just kind of the environment, you know, they're being told that on their AU team because the AU world is obviously very competitive to get the good players. And, you know, they're hearing it from their parents they're hearing it on Mm -hmm. social media you know i i would not want to be an 18 19 year old kid having to make a college choice who's a pretty good player in today's world but there's so many voices in their in their heads and so many people in your ear telling them different things and mixed messages so i Mm -hmm. i think it's really important again of just from the college coach perspective really being honest with the kid and and again, like to your point, and I agree with you a million percent, seeing the kid a lot and just seeing the kid in different environments and, you know, seeing the kid when he plays great, seeing the kid when he plays poorly uh, and just seeing how he responds. Cause uh, as we all know, you know, it, it's not a college basketball being a player. It's not a, it's not a straight path. I mean, there, there's a lot of, a lot of ups and downs throughout the season with your team. And I, I think, you know, if we're only seeing them in good situations, you know, we're not necessarily getting the most realistic view of them and, and, and they need to come see, like I said, see us in practice and, you know, see us lose our minds or see our team have a bad practice and how we respond, see us have a great practice maybe, or, and, and probably within the practice you'll, you'll see both, you know, you'll see the good, you'll see the bad. And, you know, I, I think again, hopefully you know, kids as they're being recruited and and the people around them, just just have a total perspective. You know, in in the grand scheme, you know what the locker room looks like is really not affecting your career. And you know, if if you're getting six pair of shoes or twelve pair of shoes is not, you know, but but that's the reality. I mean, guys are making decisions on that. And to your point, I mean, yeah, the, the transfer portal is you know out of control with with the numbers and um you know i i think i think too a lot of just obviously COVID is is affected it dramatically where you know we couldn't get out and see kids live and we're we're trying to make evaluations on video and kids you know i mean think about that kids are choosing colleges in the past two years and have never met the head coach and you know how how difficult it is to have any type of relationship on zoom. I mean, like, you know, I mean, there were families that didn't see each other for two years in person and just did it on zoom and how difficult that was. And they have a relationship because they're a family. So, you know, we're making, you know, quarter of a million dollar investment on kids off of video and zoom calls. And they're in turn making their choice for, for their future. And it's, yeah, it's not the most productive way to do it. I mean, none of us had a choice hopefully now there can, you know, we see kids play live and in person and they come to campus and, and we're able to kind of get back a little bit the way it was, but, you know, kind of the cat is out of the bag right now. And, you know, hopefully I I just think both sides there, there does need to have more patience, be more patience, you know, kids on the, in the first moment can't overreact and want to leave and college coaches when the kid plays poorly, can't, hopefully not be running them out the door and telling kids to leave. Cause then it's just, now it's just a vicious cycle. It's never going to end. So, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully there's uh, you know, we just kind of find our way back to the middle and back to a little bit of normalcy with the, the recruitment process and the transfer process.
0: Last thing I'll ask you, you know, you're kind of at the extreme right now with the academic piece and then trying to recruit, but, you know, even for you, you've spent time at a D3 school where a lot of those schools are high academics and are going to require kids that are serious about it and that are able to stick with it. And just, I'm at a division three school that it's still enough to the point where uh, it can affect the financials is how much, you know, and that's a big piece. Can we actually afford it? Well, how good are your grades? You know, once you get here, staying academically eligible, sure. We can sit, assist and give tutors and that kind of stuff to an extent, but still you're going to be able to ha- have to handle that much load where did that fit in in the pro- the entire process of recruiting a kid and did it at times maybe you looked at the kids academics and you loved them as a player and as a person but you just knew it wouldn't work out yeah
1: i mean you know,
0: all, all the above yeah i mean
1: columbia is obviously a unique situation the ivy league i mean we're looking at such a, a narrow window of kids relatively speaking and yeah there's a million guys that you love and you just, you just know it's, it's not feasible, just, it's yeah. not going to happen. And, and, and yeah, exactly. You, you, you do have to be concerned once a kid is in school, can he stay in school and can he be able to have the, the type of career that they need to have? Cause again, obviously college is full of distractions and time management and figuring out just how to, how to put all the pieces of being a college student athlete together. And now you combine that with, you know, one of the elite schools in the country, it's really challenging. I mean, you know, being a college athlete is at any level. I I don't care where you're at, as you know, it's a it's you got two full time jobs. Being a student, and being an athlete is is extremely demanding. So, yeah, I think it's crucial that because, again, I, I think it's such a. A factor now, and you hear it all the time. You know, in athletic department meetings, when ever anyone from admissions comes over, just the whole concept of retention is is such a key component now. When when you hear anyone in the administrative side of a college speak, and that's obviously as a coach, you want retention. You know, I mean, when when I interviewed at Kane back back in the day, that I remember meeting with the vice president. And for student affairs, who is a big supporter of athletics and kind of oversaw it. And and I, I asked him and it, it stuck with me. I still remember it, you know, like, what do you want to see? Like, and that wins a lot. Like, just what do you, what do you want from the basketball program? And me as a potential head coach. And again, I vivid memory. He said, I want to see guys. I want to see fourth year guys playing. And I took it as like, Wait, well, wait! You're telling me I got to play the seniors? I I didn't say that. But that's how I took it. But he meant like we just want to have guys who are freshmen become seniors. And you know, you you look at all the good teams. That's how they're they're good nowadays. Unless it's you know it's a Duke, it's Kentucky with what Cal does with the the one and done guys. But that's that's not happening in most cases. It's it's how do you you know how do you get your players to get to become seniors and just make that. know progressionist players and i mean what those guys do is amazing to me how they consistently do it with a new team every year is astounding to me at such a high level but for the most of us it's yeah it's it's develop player development and keeping them in school and getting them to be better and you know develop physically and mature as as people emotionally and, and mentally and now you factor in the APR for most schools. I mean, that's not really a huge issue with the Ivy league, but most schools, that's, that's a, that's a big issue. The APR, that's, that's kind of, it seems like the whole APR thing is kind kind of gone silent. It's not as big an issue, but you, you can go sideways pretty quickly that if you have a, a bad group academically and you lose guys and don't retain them. I mean, now, now you're, you can have APR issues pretty quickly, which will affect your program. So, you know, I I think it's just knowing, I don't know, knowing who to recruit and knowing, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of what your demographic of student is and who can survive. And then it's also, you know, and that's where every school is different. Like what's your academic support set up? You know, I think that's really crucial. And even, even our guys, I mean, for the highest level academically, like our, our academic support people, are constantly meeting with and working with our guys just to, you know, probably not as much the things that are hit on at other schools with tutoring. It, but it's still it's time management. It's just making sure that they're they're doing the right thing and 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 meeting with them and speaking with them. And you know, we do it as like most schools. You know, we all the assistants have three or four guys that, you know, we deal with and you know, kind of in our academic pod so to speak and just making sure, okay, this is what the upcoming week is. And, you know, just, you know, knowing, all right, on Tuesday, wow, that kid had three papers doing a test today. Maybe he's not going to be mentally 100% there. He, you know, he's, you hear our guys talk. I mean, they're up till three, four in the morning doing papers. And, you know, we, we get academic updates from them every Sunday night. And it's like, I have 100 pages to read by tomorrow. And it's like, oh, my God, it's just another world. And it's it's all relative. I mean every level has it and it's mm-hmm. just that's part of being a successful student athlete and running a su- successful program is kind of knowing who to bring in your program and mm-hmm. what just what the what the, the the setup is within your school and the support network and you know what is the relationship the faculty have you know some schools they don't want athletics in your school and it's gonna mm-hmm. be a challenge. some schools are very supportive of athletics and lot of pieces to the puzzle in that one that that you need to put together and be really I think conscious of and very conscious of in the recruiting process and talking to the kids and the families and you know I think that's another one like what what type of support does the family provide with that what are the expectations before they even get to you if if there's pretty high expectations from an academic standpoint You're, you're pretty safe feeling that okay that kid's You know, that kid has a good support network at home when he was in high school. It's going to carry over to the college level. But that being said, you get to college, it's different because, you know, my management, they don't have as much. No one's waking them up in the morning and Mm -hmm. the homeroom bell's not going off. And it's just different. You know, it's much easier. uh, I'm not going to that class at 830. I'm, uh, you know, I was up till three in the morning studying, so. It's uh, It's an interesting piece of the puzzle that probably not talked enough about.
0: I totally agree, and that's a, that's the phrase I was just going to use. I, I say all of those things that you just mentioned, those factors can be summarized as fit. How well do you fit at that school? And I think a lot of times when you say that, going back to my original question with that coach, the thing that I would probably lead with is helping your players find the best fit. And yep. when most coaches hear that, I think they think, NAIA, division three, division two, division one. And that's just you do your kids a disservice when you just look at the basketball fit. Like yep. where what level can they play at? To your point, you spent most of your time talking about, you know, the academics, the support of the school, you know, even the philosophy of the school. Like, do you do you agree with the stuff that they're teaching at the school? If you were raised one way and that school is teaching something different you're probably going to find yourself pretty unhappy there. And so I I do wish more coaches would spend more time and maybe it's just a lack of education, but you know, would spend more time helping them find the best fit. That's not going to happen when you or I show up at their gym and watch them in an open practice or an AAU event, or they come visit our school one time in an official visit. I think the dirty secret is you know, when you come for that official visit, we're we're all both sides are putting their best foot right. forward, <laughs> yep. and it doesn't always look like that in the middle of uh, in the middle of November or the middle of January. So yep. again, kind of just making sure that you build that real relationship and find out the best fit before you even get there.
1: Yeah, now you're right. I mean, I, I think for yeah, hundred percent high school coaches, JUCO, JUCO players, high school players. Yeah, it's it's fit obviously. If we're in your gym, we feel you're a good enough player. But there's, yeah. you know, I mean, you really think about it. Like, we're playing 30 games or 31 games. The reason the kids are going to school is such a small number. Again, you're, you're literally playing 30, 30 games and having 80 or 90 practices. Like, what are you doing the rest of the time at that yeah. point? Again, it's just so many kids, you know, they 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 go to places where You know, like you said, even just from a learning standpoint or a social standpoint, like they're they're a fish out of water from day one. And it's really, again, a perfect world. Being a college athlete is extremely different, is extremely difficult. But you you factor in all those things. And, you know, again, I, I know I say it all the time with kids and I'm sure you do when recruiting. It's just like, yeah, do your homework. Like on us, yeah. like you said, you come on a visit and everything's great, and all the bells and whistles are out, and everything looks good, and you know, hope most coaches try to be under good behavior, and it, you know, it's just very artificial. But like you know, talking to other coaches who had kids playing that program, all right? Why, why did that kid leave? What's going on there? You know, like again, there's so much information out there. I mean, if you're seeing five or six kids at the end of the season transferring, like, well, <laughs> there's probably something going on there. You mm-hmm. need to take a little. You know, a little deeper into and and ask ask questions of the right people and hopefully get some honest answers. Because it's if, if if done right, it's obviously can be a life changing decision for mm-hmm. you know most kids. And if picked poorly without doing your homework, it it can it can be life changing the other way mm-hmm. where it's not a good situation. Then you're you're kind of scrambling and you know just the the math of it now with the transfer portal if you're fortunate enough to get an opportunity as a high school kid nowadays and you don't make the right choice like you're you're gonna have a fall down a couple levels and you're you're gonna be really grasping to find a place that wants you because there's just just the math of it there's not enough spots right now
0: That's coach bruce hamburger assistant coach for columbia university coach i really appreciate you coming on the podcast
1: No, thank you, Tony. I appreciate you having me and I I love following you and the stuff that you put out as well. So uh, thank you very much.